boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's right. We call this segment of the podcast Happy Chat because it's usually where we break the ice and talk about the week and uh, we joke around and stuff, but I got to be honest, it's not happy this week because last week, producer Chris decided to be a stooge and tell me that there was someone advertising that they were going to do a pro wrestling event without a pro wrestling ring and then I did my homework. And now I am pipe. If I was piping hot last week, I am nuclear hot this week. I'm joined by my friend, the Mecca Shane Madison, who's asked me to stop yelling. I'm joined by producer Chris across the table. I refuse to call this 3D pro wrestling. I refuse to call it 3D PW. From now on, I'm going to call it 3D GW, 3D garbage wrestling. Anybody who's on this show has no credibility to me. And I don't care that Sexy Eddie's on the show. I used to think that guy might be something. Obviously, he's not. Is that the guy from Montreal? Yeah, they're flying him in to do it. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something. If you you ever... Look, glasses are off. Yeah. Sleeves are rolled up. Yeah. Yeah. How how hot are you right now? I'm I'm piping hot. Like, I I have a caffeine pill in me. I'm worried he's going to tip over backwards. No, I just... (laughs) I got to tell you something. They've advertised a death match. It is false advertising. Death of the business. Death of the careers. (laughs) Unless there's a coroner there and somebody gets taken out on a stretcher and passes away, and I know Chris is going to lose it, that I who's in the thinks, death match? Uh, Stefan Epic against Sexy Eddie, I believe. Yeah, I believe. That. I think it's the whole matter. The whole show is. De- there's not going to be a wrestling ring here, people. No ring. Yeah. There's going to be light bulb tubes, is that and there's going to be can't afford a ring, can't get I a think ring. The venue is too no, small for it. Nobody it's, will rent them a ring. Well, Tony has a 14 foot ring. I think I mean, AJ like might shit. own that now, I think. I don't know. But there's rings it, out there. That's the point. Why <sighs> is there no ring? Is it just let's run a show because Because there's a thing that happened. It's this it's this death uh, metal subculture of people. Never heard of them. Well, like exactly. It's the people that are into alternative music and they like this thing. And it's it's there's been shows like this before. Yeah. Apparently one there's even match, been one in Winnipeg. No, the whole show. Where I know of in North Dakota, I think Time Bomb does it where they go to like a video store and it just breaks up, breaks out into the, and they're going to try to put it on YouTube and people, trust me, there are people that have an appetite for this, but it ain't what I talk about. It ain't what B-She's is about. We talk about professional wrestling like you did as a, as a, as a very, very solid local career. Like I produced that went on TV all across North America. It isn't what I know. So I'm telling you. uh, Look, but look at this way. Who would put their name on a show with no ring. I would never work on a show with no ring. Well, imagine I, if you're a fan, you show up at the show, you think it's wrestling. Yeah, you it's promoted as wrestling. You walk in the door. Where's the ring? There's no ring. Yeah, I want my money back. And the other thing I will tell you, Part and I know this is the ring. Yeah. I know this from experience, and I can take you back to 2001 when Rob Stardom started doing hardcore in the Palladium. Initially, it was good, and people liked it. But it was the law of diminishing returns, and after you stop shocking people the first and second week, nobody cares because what people care about in wrestling is they care about the characters, the personality, the promo, and if you can get them to ask the question. To themselves, I wonder what's going to happen when those two wrestle. They want to watch. Nobody is going to care about a death match. It will work this time. Like I talked to, I talked to one guy who said it'll be a sellout, and I said 
It is garbage sellout. I don't care that it's a sellout. I don't care that there's 400 people that if they knew there was going to be a car accident at the corner of Portage and St. James Street, they would all watch it. I personally wouldn't like watching it more than once because after I watched it once, I'd be sick to my stomach. I don't want this to become a fad. That promoter needs to be run out. I'm not going to say his name anymore. And if he thinks I'm going to talk about 3D Pro Wrestling like it means anything, no, it is lower than, it's worse than Ultimate Thunder Wrestling was in the early 2000s when John Drew was running it. It is garbage it is no credibility it is it is bullshit i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna lazy carnate that's how mad i am about this and it's gotten worse every single day you had to stir it up didn't you i, d- I did you had to look on the internet and tell me what's being advertised and what happened after the last show when we pulled up the post you're being far too calm you <laughs> you emailed this said promoter yeah and just to confirm, hey, are you guys doing a show and with no ring? And he said yes. And he just, <laughs> he just yeah, yeah, it was just yes, yeah, yes period. Yeah. Yeah, yes, like, period. Okay, then. Like, to, I mean, there's so many, there's so many layers to this, and so many things. Like, how how are they able to have whatever venue it is? I don't know. Pyramid that, Cabaret. How how does Pyramid? We're already get, we're already selling him how, too many tickets. But how is their insurance not in jeopardy? Because they're I guarantee it is. They're having a bar fight in the bar that's sanctioned yeah, yeah. by them. Just, okay, now you bringing that up. Like back, we, it's backyard wrestling. They're going to run around the bar, smash bottles over their head, and act cool and think that there's something that, special. But that's the thing. They're they're having a Kate. a a brawl in the bar. Normally that shit's <laughs> frowned upon. Am I wrong? Manitoba Liquor Control Commission will come in and say this is not entertainment and and this is bullshit. But let me say something. You bringing up the insurance now when some stooge decides they're going to call in the insurance, you're going to be suspect number one because you brought it up on the podcast. I, Shane Madison called me a stooge way back in the day on the Wayne and Shane show, and it's never you, it's, it's stuck. So. You now have given just cover. like people just like people thought I called the border on yes, people across Sammy the Savard. I like, like, like yeah, I like uh, hello, Mister Border yeah. guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I there's a wrestler coming across the border. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, who'd even call to call somebody? Yeah, on they that? think it's easy to report something, <laughs> and I'm sure it's not. I've never tried. Anyway. A long story, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, and then next week I'm going to be more mad and start again with it. Mr. Promoter, you got out of the business when you were trying to promote pro wrestling. You will never have respect doing this. You could you could hurt our business. when If something goes wrong on something like this, it's not like they could say he was a trained professional doing something that in a controlled situation. You are now taking it away from trained professionals doing it in a controlled situation, and I personally hate what you are doing. And to all those fans who listen to our show who want to check this out, by all means, that's your taste. You might also want to go stand on the corner when you know there's a car accident going to happen. I personally am not like that. And I I refuse to endorse it. I refuse to respect it. But I respect the fans' right to go to it if they like it. But I will never, ever, ever endorse this. And it's actually, you know, Mike, you say something very important. And I was just... I saw Spider at the gym yesterday. Spider, loyal listener to the show. Yep. Can't wait to be future on, guest, by the way. Future guest. So we were talking about this, and we were talking about not this situation specifically, but the name that was brought up was the Masked Messenger, if you remember him. <laughs> okay, you remember him. Okay. okay. He named you Mecca Shane. Devil Mike, Mike Davidson. Why are you lightning You're the mood the now? Devil. When I think of this because, man, I can't stay mad. Because because this, is, this has to do with this. And I remember when Cheech and I entered... One of his battle royals. We just went in the back. We crossed our name. We crossed two names off the list in the battle royal. We entered. We put our names on the on the sheet. So some some guy goes, "Hey, I'm number 18." I go, "Yeah, not, not anymore. anymore." Yeah. So Cheech and I, I was 18. Police the 19. business. You guys police the business. Well, that's the thing. Getting back to your point about three J wrestling, three Jabron wrestling yeah, is what, yeah. what I'll what I'll call it. Yeah, three three D garbage wrestling. What I what I will say is, 
when something goes wrong and something will, and I said to, I said this to Spider just the other day, guess who gets the phone call from the Winnipeg Sun? Not Jay Brown promoter. No, they don't know who he is. They're going to call Danny Mike Duggan. Davidson. Or Danny They're going to call Danny Duggan. Yeah. They're going to call Shane Madison. Yeah. They're going to call reputable Bobby people. Bobby might even get the call. Right. Saying, right? And then they're going to be, well, what is this? Well, uh, it's not really pro wrestling. Well, they advertise it as wrestling. Well, you know, it, it isn't really. Well, don't you guys do anything about this? Why yeah. aren't you guys? And then they start putting a microscope right. on the industry. Yeah. And then it's just a bad look all around. So like, and getting back to the mass messenger, Big, you know, heavy set guy, you know, getting in the ring, not trained. If that guy drops dead in the ring, again, guess who gets the call? Yeah, why wasn't anybody who'd been around the exactly. industry saying that this guy wasn't in physical conditioning to do it? If Let me tell you, if a athlete dies on the football field, the the team's athletic trainer and doctor are being are getting grilled. Why didn't you spot that there was a medical yep. condition that could do this? You know what could happen? after this show goes really bad is Manitoba liquor and gaming commission, which oversees gambling and drinking establishments yeah. could say no more wrestling as entertainment in bars, which immediately affects Danny at rookies. And, and they have the Adam Knight situation that happened in December. That was a black could eye on that. Andrew, but they please themselves. Back. Andrew who'd like to do doubles. It could quickly affect uh, Primos, Primos who's doing uh, green briar wrestling as Steve Stryker's weekly. It. Yeah. It's it's a terrible situation, and this guy doesn't have. For one, he's not. He hasn't been around the business long enough to know how to book, which is one of my big pet peeves. On these people who go around running shows and don't have a qualified booker to say, "Hey, talent, don't do it this way." This guy doesn't know, and I I don't blame Mark Promoter. I blame wrestlers. I don't blame Sexy Eddie for taking the plane ticket and taking the booking and the money, and I don't even blame Stefan Epic for taking the money. But hey. Listen, if I find out Mentolo takes the booking, I'm going to say, what What are you thinking? If AJ Sanchez takes the booking, they show up on a lot of shows. If they say they're not going to touch this thing, that says a lot. So hopefully they say, you know what? It's not my cup of tea. It's not what I do. You do that stupid thing. Let the industry distance themselves from what this guy is doing. And then we can make a statement. I'm not we. I'm not a part of this. But I certainly, I look down on this effort big time. I, I think it's garbage. I think it's gross. And, and hey, if you're going to advertise a death match, there better be a, a, a legitimate coroner there to pronounce somebody dead because it's, otherwise it's just going to be credibility that's dead and it's going to be people's career that's dead. And I feel sorry for people who actually are willing to participate in a show like this. And I think it's, it's not a great idea. And professionally, myself, I would never put my name on a show. And Mr. 3D Garbage Wrestling Promoter, you can send me an email and thank me because the 10 minutes we just spent talking about it unfortunately sold too many tickets for you because I don't think people are going to hear this and go, hey, we're standing, we're, we're not going to check it out. Because we've now created the controversy for him. That's my one and only favor for this idiot. Now, I want to move yeah, on. Let's move on. Now, weekly wrestling has been dead in Winnipeg for since... Andrew stopped running, years. Yeah, since Andrew stopped in 2005 running weekly to go monthly at the lid, the Palladium, Thursday nights went from weekly to monthly because it was hard to maintain and the fans, it was hard to motivate people. Palladium, Stratosphere, yep. then the lid, yep. then Dylan O'Connor's. Yeah, but he didn't do weekly at Dylan's, did he? I think he did do weekly for a period of time. I believe so. So when the yeah. lid closed down, he was still going weekly? I think he went to Dylan O'Connor's in 08. Yeah, after the after the lid closed down. Yeah, yeah and I, I think he was, was a, still running weekly. Yeah, was, you know? I, I'm pretty sure it was weekly. Oh, I thought I, he quit weekly in 2005. I could be wrong. I you, could be you're wrong. probably right. But it's it's been years. Yeah, so years, that would years. be 15 years if it's 2008. 
And you're right. I do remember at Dylan's, he was running Dylan's on Pemna. He was running it weekly because when he had that infamous parking lot argument with Wayne Stanton, when Stanton said, let's get in our cars, drive, and then we'll get out and fight in a par- three parking lots over. Wasn't that where Pepito came in with Pepito, a rubber bat? Yes, yes. There was a lot I of- am the great Pepito. <laughs> so that, it has, it's 15 years since anyone's tried weekly. And now uh, Mark Merrick, Graham Keem, Primo's Wrestling is going to try to go Wednesday nights. Tough night. I don't like this at all. <coughs> Sorry. The one thing I will say about what he's trying to do is if he ties it into the AEW on TV, it ends at nine. And then you, Wayne did that at bumpers back yeah, in the day. Yeah, Remember exactly. he would do raw and raw would be over at yeah. 10 and then wrestling would start right and after. Palladium on, on Thursdays was SmackDown into wrestling. So it can work if you use the viewing of that show and then you do some like cool prizes and and Graham's the kind of guy who can do it because he owns Primos. Hey, I'm going to give away this AEW shirt to this draw winner, da, da, da. If you do contests to tie it in and if AEW's product is strong enough on TV to draw people out to come watch it and he starts right at 9.15, which is 15 minutes after the show is over and he ends it by 11, he's got a shot. But if he thinks, hey, we're going to start at 10 on Wednesdays and we're going to go to 1 a.m., Nobody in this day and age is staying out that it's long. It's got to be a, a quick show. Got to be a quick tight show. Well, and that's the other thing is a lot of people don't know what to do on a bar show. Well, has anybody even been to the like? What is the briar on a Wednesday night? Is uh, that's that, probably dead. I would imagine. So the bar's know, not taking a busy night and saying, "Hey, let, we're going to add wrestling." To right. It. So it's probably just like a probably a, a night that there's nothing going on anyway. So let's just like, hey, let's throw wrestling and, in there and see what happens. And, and that's and, probably why they're giving them Wednesday. And something you got to be careful of is it, it's a North End bar. It might have tough clientele. You have a heel who's not legitimately tough going out there and getting on the stick to beak off, pissing off the locals, and they who's going to fight your way out of it, right? The last time I remember weekly wrestling, was Teddy Bob's the last time someone tried weekly? Oh, yeah, I think Wayne was doing Teddy Bob's on Tuesdays, I believe, in and 03. That, okay, so he, nothing in 2009 or 10? No. Okay, so then definitely it was probably D- Dylan's on Pemina. Andrew was the last. I'm so not, it's going to be interesting sure. to see, like, I wish you luck, but... Uh, $10 tickets. See, I have a... Pro- now, is it weekly? Because on that poster, I did not see anything weekly on that poster. The, what I saw was an announcement that he's going Wednesday nights. It's called uh, Neon Lights and Bar Fights. Again, Manitoba Liquor Commission might have something to say about that. The advertising seems to indicate that local tough guys should come down and get into shoots in the crowd. Isn't this sponsored by uh, Energy 106? No, that was a different poster. And <laughs> I, I think I think there was lawyers involved saying, get that logo off of there. Yeah. Um, you, you gotta we'll be, just leave that one. Yeah, there. you got to be careful. Like, if somebody put a B She's logo on a poster and said B She's talks about us, I would actually say please take that off too. Um, long story short, I think wrestling promoters who do bar shows already hurt their product because it's it it's not like Danny swears by what they do at Rookies, but it's not it's it's never you're pigeonholing yourself to an 18 plus show well i think with danny in danny's defense with rookies that's used more as like a training ground show to try new things get guys some reps stuff like that it's not like he runs enough out of town just find a place like porter's la prairie and run the odd week like there but i mean it gives you people like warm bodies that you can work in front of and usually it's a pretty good house there you usually yeah. have like 100 yeah. 100 people there so yeah. and they make they make they make sound right so uh, so i'm looking at the poster right now it doesn't mention weekly at all well, because he's taking the 15th off so that all his boys can go watch the show at oh, the yeah, Canada Life Center. It, it says Wednesday, March 8th, 2023, Greenbrier Inn. Uh, that's that's all there is. Tickets are $10. I saw a post from the Greenbrier, though, saying wrestling's coming Wednesday nights. Like, yeah. And I know that the video he said is they're going weekly. Yes, yes. The video did say that. I'm just looking at the post right yeah. now, just for clarification. So let's move on. I, I hate that we don't have something 
very positive to talk about local today because it, it's clear I don't think Greenbrier Wrestling Weekly is a great idea, and you know I don't think 3DGW, 3D Garbage reject. Wrestling, 3G, 3D Reject Wrestling, I don't think that's anything positive to talk about. I guess the only thing I could say positive right now is next Friday night, this Friday night, uh, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling's back at West End Cultural Center. Are you going to go to that? Are we going yes, to Yes, I'll go. Okay, March Are you 3rd? going? Is that right, March 3rd? Uh, yeah, this Yes. Next Friday. Yes. This Friday. Uh, okay. I'm in for that. I'm, That's I'm actually, the anniversary of what we're going to talk about a little bit later. True. The Eddie Guerrero show. I'm so. actually really looking forward to this uh, WPW show because I've never been. And you uh, saw the finish between Shank and AJ. And yeah, that, that's I've, a hot crowd. I, I'm more, I don't really care much about the action in the ring. What I'm going there to observe is the presentation, the aesthetics, the overall ambiance of the show. Uh, that's what I'm really looking forward uh, to. You're going to leave endorsing you're gonna, it. You're going to like it then. I, yeah. I would say. Yeah, because excellent ambiance, yeah. totally different type of crowd than you're used to at a wrestling show. You're not going to see the same old. And that's what I hear. So I'm going to be very, I'll be observing everything very closely. And to be fair, uh, we've talked about everyone else. Danny Duggan's CWE has Eric Rowan coming in at the end of March. For that's his, a big name. Oh, I mean, huge. A lot of people are yeah. really excited about, the about that one. The problem with this for Danny is Eric Rowan's going to dwarf the entire roster. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Uh, and he'll, have Adam Knight Adam come back Knight. and slap him. <laughs> he'll cut a very dismissive promo. The problem is Danny loves to have the big name job out. So it's going to be very unbelievable. Who would you book Eric Rowan with on that crew? Locally? Yep. Uh, I would have him destroying Rob Stardom, and Rob Stardom continue to kick out and make a name for himself just on his ability to keep fighting. That's a great idea. That's what I would do. See, I, I thought... Immediately, what you were joking about, bring back Adam Knight yeah. for, for a match with... Well, I was joking. I, w- yeah. I will tell you this, as mad as I am about 3D, if they bring Adam Knight in and give him a name, <laughs> I will I will start calling CWE something be- different than Canadian Wrestling. Danny, League. you heard it here. That, that is a challenge. But that's that's what I would do. I would do you Rob do Stardom it. against him, and I would have Rowan just destroying Stardom, but Stardom keeps kicking out, keeps kicking out, keeps kicking out. And much like when TJ Bratt turned babyface, when Vance Nevada turned on him and Damon DiCaprio beat and beat and beat and beat on him, it made TJ Bratt a babyface. You can make Rob Stardom a, a very sympathetic babyface by his ability to keep yep. getting up and keep taking more, even if he loses, which yep. I would have him lose. For sure. Because the sympathy is on him if he actually does lose. Then he's earned his respect. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't need to win. And he's yeah. also a 25-year vet. So you're talking about how this should end his career, the beating he took. Right, but he comes back and he says he's a better man for it. I think you've just booked their show for them. They yeah. won't. I love Kevin Cannon, but Marty Goldstein's in that booking committee, and Marty Goldstein will say if Mike Davidson came up with it, it is not a good idea. Well, Mark, Marty Goldstein came up with a good trivia uh, question yeah. last week. So, no, it was the the question was what are our favorite belts? I I've heard Marty yeah. might have put in another question, but he may not have, he may not get drawn from the mailbag. Okay, so now we're going to move on to mainstream. What are we at for time, producer Chris? We've got eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. So we got about seven another or eight minutes. Or Hours yeah, yeah. So your buddy, Dave Meltzer, mm-hmm. has named your hero, your, your hero. Oh, there's one other local note I'll get Mike, back to. You're yourself. gesturing at both of us. Yeah. Tony Khan. This is, this is radio, not television. Tony Khan is the wrestling promoter of the year and the booker of the year. It's four years in a row as wrestling promoter of the year, and it's three years in a row as booker of the year. And as I vomit, because I'll tell you who should have won booker of the year. Triple H took over in August. The product went from stale, stagnant, and with no, nobody had any- No pulse. Yeah, nobody had any faith in WWE's ability to pivot to something better. And Triple H had an immediate impact and made the brand significantly better. 
Now, anytime a booking change happens in, a, in the old school and even now, when you change a booker, you want to he- hear that the people got re-energized or ignited off of it. Triple H managed to do that. He was the booker of the year. Not just with the main roster. He also took over NXT yeah. and basically didn't go back to the quote-unquote black and gold, but went away from that NXT the failed experiment, The failed experiment yeah. and went back to better matches. Yeah. Long, now, we're not at takeover level uh, shows, but went back to that formula, which I think was a good move as well. So Triple H, 100%. Was it the whole year? No, but in the last five, six months, that guy has turned that company around. Houses are up. Yeah. Ratings are up. Uh, people are engaged. I mean, look at Elimination Chamber a few weeks ago. Look at the response. Biggest gate yeah, in Montreal. Yeah, hotter than it's... It, the WWE product is as hot as it's been in 10 years. Absolutely. And it's thanks to one change. Triple H became Booker. I would argue that there before Tony Khan gets it for the third time, a guy who safely continued to build his company and didn't... There was nothing radical, radically right about it, but nothing wrong about it, was Court Bauer with Major League Wrestling. They didn't make any mistakes. They were As a booker, he, he stuck the course. He survived the pandemic. He came out of the pandemic. He's grown his company since then, thanks to being a consistent booker. I would argue Tony Khan doesn't qualify... Because he can't get money on any of his champions. He can't draw money matches off any of his top guys. John Moxley's making $6 million a year. That's ridiculous. Kenny Omega makes three. Chris Jericho makes three. How do you justify that Moxley's worth double everyone else on the roster? Like, if that number I saw was legit, and I'll, I'll share it to social yep. media. But it is, it is that is crap. And Tony Khan, as Booker of the Year, he just has the most chips because every time a chip comes available, he'll, he'll bid highest to get it, except for um, Sasha Banks, who he hasn't figured out how to get it from New Japan. I would argue, going into 2023, if the trend continues, Scott Demore is already laying the foundation to a great year for Impact. And I want to see those peripherals get it. And I know you said when we were off air, Impact doesn't have enough eyeballs on the product. You're right. Major League Wrestling doesn't have enough eyeballs on the product. This should not be a fan voting thing because more fans watch AEW and they watch WWE and they pick between the two. Yeah, but remember, when these when these fanboys vote for these types of things, these are like newsletter, exactly. weird, like neck, neck beards. Yeah, they're going to they're like, vote for whatever Dave wants yeah, them to vote yeah, for. Yeah. So, and that's why it's a ridiculous... That's what I wanted to get to is that I think the award in general is ridiculous because yes. there's only two horses in the race. The worst you can do is second. Yeah. And That's like the listen, worst you can do. And the cool thing to do is say WWE is not cool, right? Like, yeah. no, I'll be honest with you. I I don't miss either program. I watch everything. Um, and for a long time, I was more engaged in the AEW product because it was more entertaining. And had a spontaneous feel to it. Yeah, it, it, it felt very much like Nitro back in 97. But now, um, WWE, I would say, is has way more to offer right now. I find AEW a little bit flat, to be honest with you. Like, Brian Danielson against MJF doesn't interest me. It should have been a money match, but because he failed to build it properly. Yeah. Well, See, some of the stuff you mentioned, just just a little bit ago about bar wrestling and stuff like that, it applies a little bit to AEW because you had guys doing crazy high spots. Like but They get a lot of juice at, on at, that show, bana- a lot of blood like on that show. Bananas amount of high spots, and on weekly television, they're doing crazy high spots that would be pay-per-view spots. Look at Darby Allen. Yeah. That guy's not going to be walking in two years. Sammy Guevara, too. He, he's, a, he's an insane person, and they're doing these 
these crazy spots. And I said to you at, a, at another wrestling show, I think when they first started, it was like, they're going to have to be doing a 450 splash with a machine gun soon because. So, you know, though, WCW in the, in the mid to late nineties, like 96 era proved that you can have car crash Lucha matches to warm up your show. Yeah. And then you can go to angles. There's a place for it. For yes. Sure. It, there's a formula to it. Nobody understands that booking with a formula actually allows you to condition your audience. Nobody does it. Oh, it's formulaic. formulaic. It's very routine. Formulaic booking can work if you understand what your people's mindset is. I'll tell you, I learned this when working with Saxon. I learned it to degree with Liam, and I knew it when I booked weekly bar wrestling. If you know what they, what they talk about, when you know what they're talking about when they're not at the show, the day after, the day before, what they, that's, your, that's your review and preview. So what they tell you the next day that they remember and what they t- tell you they're looking forward to, that is the main angle. And it doesn't matter, like, a lot of guys never understood this when I booked PCW in 2002. Well, Mentalou and Omega are the most talented guys on the show. I understand that. I never, ever disputed that. But I knew that they talk about what Chi-Chi Cruz did, what Mecca did, what MVP did. That's what they talked about the day after and the day before. So you have to give them what they're talking about. Oh, but, but like, Mike doesn't like the guys that have work rate. That's not true. I love the guys that have work rate. But you have every, to be able to get it done in the ring. Exactly. But there has to be... Leave an impression. Right. What, what do they remember? They're not going to remember, hey, did you see that drop to hold that guy? They, nobody cares. And nobody... Like, wrestling is a backdrop for the story. Yes. And, and that's it. People don't understand that. It's like, it's just a means to telling the story. Yeah. Now, you have to be capable in the ring. Right. You have to be qualified and you can't be a schlub in the ring. You need to be able to handle yourself. But it's the story. It's the way you make people feel by what they're watching. It's that emotional investment. And frankly, will they pay money to come back and see that person the next time? Exactly. Now, why WWE is hot right now, and nobody knows just how hot they are, is that storyline of Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. Masterpiece. They've done it perfectly. Now you have people debating Sami Zayn should be the champion. Cody, they, they kind of don't really want, I don't think, I think by majority, there's a lot of people that don't want Cody to beat Roman Reigns. Here's the thing. The fans want Sami. The office wants Cody. I think there's a way to give them both of those things. Uh, you know what I would do? I would, I would try to figure out a way to get out of it with Roman on top and let the fans reinforce what they want one more time. If you can delay it one, one more cycle and then you have Sami do it when no one thinks he can do it, Great. Like, here's the thing. Sammy wow. wins at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Great. It's a good story for one night. Where do we go? Yeah. Well, you pick right? him too early. I think, exactly. People don't, people think, oh, you know, they Sammy needed to win at Elimination no. Chamber. And I don't agree with that at all. Remember, the Royal Rumble was three weeks before that pay-per-view. Yeah. So we're talking a three-week build to a payoff? No. It's too soon. Yeah. Way too soon. I mean, oh, well, they were in Montreal. They'll be back in Montreal. Yeah. It's too early. Keep it on rain. Stay the course. I invite you to look back at Steve Austin winning from Shawn Michaels. The product was getting hot. Brett left in November. Nobody thought the product was going to get hotter and hotter. Two cycles. They go to Rumble. They get Mike Tyson. That was the pivot point. Yeah, they get Mike Tyson. Then Steve Steve Austin wins the Rumble. Mike Tyson gets involved. And now it's it's Austin versus Michaels where you have the underlying story. Will Michaels agree to do business? Steve Austin is so hot. They badly they did Tyson is the referee that was the most important yeah yeah WrestleMania in company history and they didn't want Steve Austin to win the title 
they needed Steve Austin to win the title. And I'm not saying the office. I'm saying the fans in the crowd, they needed Steve Austin to win the title. That's when the heel drops the belt. When the fans are sitting there and they need it. They don't want it. They're not sitting there debating on who should win it. They need this baby face to win this match. I don't know WWE can carry it off anymore. Oh, yes, they can. Can they? If if Roman Reigns comes out of Mania pinning Cody. I hope he does. Yes. Then you have them going. No, they're they're I never going to. Dr- I mean, keeping uh, Sammy Zayn hot. Listen though. how Can they, they g- do it. Listen how they do it. You go into Mania. Everyone expects a title flip at Mania. You have Roman Reigns come out clean as champion and go on Monday Night Raw the next night, talking about how every challenger couldn't live up. Sammy Zayn, who will by that point when Cody loses, people will all go be behind Sammy. Right then, you. I would never defend against Sami Zayn again. I beat him already. He can't beat me for the title. And then you have the heel be a bit of a chicken shit and avoid the rematch with Sami. And you build. You can maybe if you have good creative, you can stretch that to SummerSlam with sure. Sami chasing it. Oh no, I believe. Or, I believe it can be done. Or I don't believe that you capable. know what you do. You get a much. They are capable. Trust me. I'm Triple H is capable. You have a Montreal. Paul Heyman is capable. You have a Montreal house show with Sami versus. Roman, and you do it at a house show, so you change the entire way you do business, yeah. and you have Sammy win it, and it not be a fluke where he drops it back right away. He's the new champion. You start an era with him, but you have to go all in on him, and the people have to need it. They don't want it. You have to create the need, not the want, and that's what they need to do. I don't think that they're going to do it. I think they're going to cave and give it to Cody. I think that's a mistake. Cody failed in All Elite because every all roads led to Cody, and everything for Mania has all roads leading to Cody, and he's not strong enough to carry it. But Paul Heyman's done a great job with that, the, with the yes. promos, and, he, and you'll notice they were very deliberate with Cody basically endorsing Sammy, saying, I'll see you at WrestleMania. So it's almost like, okay, Cody likes Sammy too, so we're not going to boo Cody, right? So, yes. And I hope the fans aren't like... Well, assholes. that's called pandering. I know, but I hope the fans aren't assholes with this Cody thing because they, I mean, let's call it the way it is. They ruined him in a- AEW. He ruined himself in AEW. Well, I don't know about that. Are you kidding me? I don't think they, I don't think he ruined himself. So every program so. he tried to do and he put his wife on TV all the time. Okay, and there was that. Just like, I'll be honest, Kenny Omega has ruined himself in AEW. If I'm Kenny Omega, his contract's up in November. I'm telling Tony right now, I don't think I plan to resign with you. I plan to go back to New Japan because then you put pressure on Tony to think of. I think the problem with Cody and and Kenny in both cases they mimic each other. They get too much creative on themselves. When a guy has to write his own creative, he what he sees as masterpiece is because he can't step outside and look at it from the outside looking in. That's what happened to Cody in All Elite. That's what's happening with Kenny in in All Elite well, now. It's not like Cody booked himself to. Do, like he was doing jobs all the time. I think that doesn't matter if you win or lose. That's the qual- remember when he cut that promo where he said he had a focus group. Remember that pro- there was a famous focus group promo where he said, "We've done focus groups." Yes, I remember yes. That, yeah. and it it was awful. His promos, like he, he, because he saw himself a certain way and tried to m- lead himself to what he saw. It never. It never translated with fans. Right now, with Heyman and Triple H, they're probably collaborating a lot on where sure this they goes. Are. They're pulling the strings. Exactly. On this yeah. one. I would let Paul Heyman book everything, but knowing that that doesn't work, Paul Heyman booking Roman Reigns' stuff, he will know how to create the need for Roman to lose it. That's what they need to do. 
They'll do the right thing with this angle. I think that they the will. right thing, in my opinion, is Roman comes out of Mania with both belts. And I think that's what happens. I, I don't think so. How I, do you, I think? I think it, I think it is the right thing to do. I don't think they do it. I think they give it to Cody because they've got so much invested in him. They might feel like we can't cut bait. on What him do already. they have invested in him? A giant salary. Number one. They number have a two, giant salary on everybody. Number two. They've start. They started pushing as the heir apparent the second he walked through the door. He didn't have to earn anything. He was the heir apparent the second he signed with the company. Well, I mean, he worked with Rollins for three consecutive shows, and he got hurt, and then he came back. I mean, he won the Royal Rumble at number 30. I mean, Bad move. That should have been number yeah. seven. It, it was already something they were talking about. They're, they're I mean, already talking about And it. that's why I think it's too soon for Cody. Is he going to get the title? Of course he is. But I think it is too soon. I agree. No, I, I, I agree. Hope. I, how, I think he will get yeah, it, though. You know how I would split the title if I was WWE? I'd have Roman throw one in the garbage. It's too much pressure having both. Well, we talked about this before we went on the air. You know, they could also, it's, instead of split the title, people want Cody, people want Cody. Pe sorry, people want Sammy, people want Cody. They could do Sammy on the Saturday night at WrestleMania. Roman defends the championship. And then the Sunday, whoever is the winner, because Cody did win the Royal Rumble, he is entitled to that title shot at WrestleMania. They could do that. And, yeah. that, and that's exactly what they should do anyways, okay. because you now, when you win the Rumble, you only get one title shot. And okay. if they had a commissioner, you they get like kind of like Jack the commissioner's like be sticking it to Roman Reigns. You only right? get one shot at the belt. You only show up every other week, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it kind of similar to what they did at WrestleMania 10, where mm. they did the coin flip. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you what they need to do. Adam Pearce can be that heavy. What they need to do. He could. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday night, do a disputed finish, where Sammy ends up the new champion, but... Roman has a legitimate gripe that he didn't lose it. Then you need the Jack Tunney character because that's the only one that did it well. Trust me, there was never a commissioner after Jack Tunney who did it properly. Say at... Well, there on, only was Gorilla Monsoon. I think that was the only other commissioner. Well, didn't they... they they've used over, well, Teddy Mick Long, Foley, all, the, yeah, all no. these guys. But yeah. a legitimate figurehead... This would actually be a spot for Vince, if you ask me. By the way, the Gorilla Monsoon AI is tremendous. Oh, yes, we, I share tremendous. them all on Twitter. Yeah. But so you, I here's how I would do it. Disputed finish. Roman has a claim. Uh, Sammy's the champion as presented by the referee. Vince McMahon goes to live feed on Twitter and Facebook and says, as chairman of the board... I believe Roman has a gripe. I believe Sammy has a gripe. So Sunday night, there tonight at, at night two of WrestleMania, Cody, Sammy, Roman, triangle match. Winner takes all. And then you've got, you can come out of Mania with any one of the three. I like, I like the two nights idea better. Yeah, because yeah. with that, it works. But like, there's a lot happening. What if you didn't get night one? What if you only ordered night two? You're kicking yourself and you buy the replay. Maybe, but like, you almost need like, that to marinate on television before they pull the trigger. Yeah, on you that. you sell both nights that way. Then you the other thing is you can split the belts by doing that terrible like like a like a really controversial finish where you have basically the decision comes down from Vince that. Yeah, but then you're getting Vince back involved in creative, and I think you get Vince on TV right now it creates or you use yeah, his. No. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> nope. Well, who else are you going to use? The chairman of the board or, or Triple H is the booker? 
because Triple it's going to be your major power. Yeah, if those are the two options, Triple H, because Vince should not what ever if you, be on TV what if, again. What if you do this and you have Triple H says one thing and H and Vince says the other, and you, that's how you split the belts? It's getting too convoluted now. It's not convoluted. That's actually, it makes sense why you would split the belts. How else are you splitting the belts? One guy is going to lose one match, and you're going to split the belts? He only lost one belt? Yeah, yes, because so the, then with you the Royal get, Rumble, you get one shot at one belt. Okay, so hold on. So, so you now have Paul Heyman as the swarmy heel saying we're only defending one belt. Angle alert, he's losing one of the belts. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. Have Sami Zayn come out and say, "Look, you, uh, you know, blah, you're blah, not blah, tying blah, it together." Rumble. But you know, what else, you know, what else is foolish is that it's the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. Are there two belts? No, there should only be one. Exactly. But, but there are two. There's all basically right. there show. are two. All right, per, per, but all right. per show, the only reason they're they're together is because he's won the both. Maybe so Cody they, wins they, it, they, brings back the winged eagle. I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. That's what, no, that's what he wants to do for a podcast that was never supposed to talk We're about big about league wrestling. This was good. I do want to mention one last local <laughs> note. Our friend of the show, Curtis Housen. First Row Collectibles and their friend CS Collectibles are co-hosting two separate autograph sessions at two different locations. Uh, Chris's favorite wrestler, Dan Housen, is one of the two wrestlers, and the other one is All Ego, Ethan Page. It's going to be Tuesday, March 14th, the day before AEW Dynamite in Winnipeg. Um, is it, it starts. Loser? It starts at 5 No, no Luther. No Luther. How Don, sad are you Don about that? Very, very sad about Luther and Don Callis not being... Are you going to go to this? I am. I'm going to go check it out. Both those individuals, by the way, will be doing their vlogs on site. Oh, so, right. So the, lots of fans of the vlogs, of Danhausen's vlog, for example... Maybe take some video while you're there and some, snap some pictures. I'm going to actually send you a special order from our friend Dave Cote okay. to get a couple of autographs there. And uh, yeah, it's I think it's great that Curtis and, and First Row Collectibles and CS Collectibles are able to pull this off. You think about it, when WWE comes to town, there's not many appearances for autographs. Danhausen's a big star. I don't see it, but... He's very evil. And all, Eve, very nice all, well. all ego Ethan Page, is he's going to be a megastar. Um, so yeah, check it out. Congratulations to Curtis House and First Row Collectibles and CS Collectibles for hosting this. I hope it's a massive success for both stores. Yeah. Um, coming up after the break, we're going to talk main event Munchies trivia, and we're going to talk about probably the most successful independent wrestling show in the history of Winnipeg. It's coming up on a 21-year anniversary for that show. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code BEESCHEESE. Again, the code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. Main event munchies. It is the best pretzel locally made ever. It is amazing. It's available in more and more places. You can actually pick it up at Primo's collectible store on Portage Avenue. Um, and it's available at what? Bowling? La Andre Bowl on Desmuron. Yeah. And it's available at a few wrestling shows now. Uh, Jay Gagne is doing a good job getting it out there. Last week, the trivia question was for a bag of main event munchies. 
Who was the special guest referee of the first SummerSlam when it was the Mega Bucks versus the Mega Powers? The answer, Jesse Ventura, second week out of three that he was the answer. And our winner for that one was Brad Sarna. So Brad, I'm going to be connecting with you to give you a bag of main event munchies. Um, I'll probably just come to where you work and just drop them off, I guess, because that's how good I am, how nice a guy I am. This week's trivia question involves Eddie Guerrero. Coincidentally, the question is when Eddie Guerrero left WCW for WWE, who were the three other guys who left with him? Ooh. Yes, you need to name all three. And if you can do that and you're the first guy to do it on social media, make sure you include the handle at Total She's if it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at the Total She's Show, or Use the hashtag main event munchies on all three of those. Main event munchies. What are you eating? Are you eating something? I got mince in my mouth. <laughs> I had I had I had cotton mouth in the last segment. I noticed I, last show you sounded very dry. Yeah, yeah. very dry. Well, it's, I think that's it's the normal, room. I think it, I think it's the room, and uh, it's it's because I'm getting hot and then I'm foaming at the mouth when I get mad. Piping hot. Talking about three three D garbage wrestling. You weren't going to say their name. Three J. Well, I'm going to, you know what, search them on, if you want to buy tickets to the show, search them, 3D Garbage Wrestling. This guy's going to file a lawsuit, and I don't care. I will defend that lawsuit for the good of the wrestling you, you business. You got ramped up again. He's I will defend. I didn't mention. It. I will defend myself for the good of the wrestling business. Oh, we're talking about pretzels here. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of pretzels, if you win a bag of main event munchies, you're not going to want to share them with people, but you should share them with your coworkers. Yeah. Share so, them with me. I haven't even seen a bag of these main event. Oh, that's true. Well, there you go. So yes, the trivia question once again is: Eddie Guerrero left WCW in 2000. Who were the three guys who left with him to go from WCW to WWE? These are kind of some soft. Softball questions. I think I got to start. Yeah, up with you some, sit at home and write I, up a bunch of I'm questions. I'm going to write up some yeah. questions, and I'm going to come. Mecca Shane specialty. Yeah, and now th- these will be hard. They'll be perfect. These will for be ones that punchy. even it'll be challenging to find answers for on Google. I already have one for, for the following week. And oh, then is this your head. way of the, of the bag that's allocated to the winner going to you because nobody can solve your exactly. great questions? So any unclaimed main event munchies are coming over to Sage Creek. How Machiavellian of you! All right. What can I say? Last week, we talked about our experiences with Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell, and a lot of people loved our stories. A juicer. Now, this Friday night, March 3rd, marks not only the Winnipeg Pro Wrestling Show at the West End Cultural Center, which is going to be a good time. We're going to be there. We'll sign autographs. No, we won't. We we don't want to hijack the show. Um, But 21 years before, March 3rd, 2002, marks the... And outpatient Warren Qualson asked this question, uh, and we were going to put it in the mailbag, but we decided we'll just fit it into this segment of the show. The best, uh, he asked, what was the highest attended, attended independent show that we know of? Now, I know in, in the 80s, Candelo is reported to have drawn a lot for Bulldog Bob Brown versus Bruiser Brody. Uh, and I think that was in 1986 at the Winnipeg Arena. I would have to do a lot of homework on that because it was before my time. March 3rd, 2002, at Investors Group Athletic Center on the U of M campus, Premier Championship Wrestling kind of had their coming out party, their launch of sorts. And it was called Commencement of Cool. And on that show, it was main evented by Eddie Guerrero against Playboy Will Damon. Now, the attendance was initially reported at 1,500 and some. It was later adjusted based on the venue manager named Barry Stone saying, how many people do you have on the floor? And we said, we had, I believe we had 400. And the floor was full. 
So that would mean 400. And he looked at his grandstand and he said, well, there's 1,500 seats up there. And I would say 1,100. I think, I think he said there's more than 1,200 full or something. And that's how we came to the number 1,700 and some. It's a disputable number. It was over 1,500. In it the was building. big. And it could have been easily 1,700. Better than some AEW TVs. Right? Yes. Nowadays. And, and, yeah. and, and top in the standing area, there was also people standing looking down. So Shirley I was I, up there. Yeah, I will never. Falling down the stairs. <laughs> she did, actually, didn't she? There was she an did. ambulance. Oh, let's not laugh. <laughs> um, Good memory. I think we need to talk about that. There now. was 17. Like, I will always say to Andrew, hey, you can have this. Whose phone is that? <laughs> Turn phone. the ringer off. Thing 1,700 is. I'm fine with Andrew bragging about it because, see, Andrew will always say later on when AWE and WFX drew good houses, well, it doesn't matter. PCW drew the best. Well, it was his first show ever. Andrew's first show as a co promoter was his peak. I, I'm willing to give him that one because. How we came to that show had a lot to do with um, how PCW was formed, which was Will Damon, Mecca Shane, and John Newen getting together and saying, like John saying, ah, maybe I want to invest in wrestling. And Madison and Damon saying, well, you need Mike Davidson to do it. And me realizing that we needed the weekly venue and it, the best way to, and we, it wasn't a guarantee by any stretch, but Andrew being a part of the power structure allowed us to have an advocate to get the Palladium away from Bobby J. And Andrew's always kind of, had a grievance that, that he brought more to the table than just the venue. Well, what do you think the most important thing to bring to the table was, you know, the venue, which, you know, he should never look down on that being a reason why he was included in the power structure. He f- deserved to be in the power structure to talk about Andrew properly. You have to talk about the great things about him. He's a funny individual, passionate, stubborn. If he believes something, he sticks to it. But now we want to talk about Eddie Guerrero's involvement in that March 3rd show. A lot went into that show. Um, The big thing was originally who's going to be the main event. Like John wanted to know, who am I getting? Because I had originally sold him it was going to be Macho Man Randy Savage, which I had no way of getting. I I was bullish. I was be-sheezing. And so it, it came down to initially it was going to be Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. And we went hard for Kurt, who had no showed for Tony Candelo a year before. Um, and we really tried to get Kurt. Like, that was the guy. And then at the Royal Rumble that year, he went into the Rumble and made it to the Final Four. And I remember Andrew and I were sitting there watching it at Cineplex on the big screen, going, this is going to be great. We got Kurt, and he's just... And then the next day, they announced he signed a contract with WWE, and we had no hope. Then we t- then the debate became, should we book Jeff Jarrett, or should it be... You know, I would. I remember you guys convincing me that Eddie Guerrero was a better draw than Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I remember you talking about Jeff Jarrett, and I remember we were like, no, we got to go Eddie Guerrero on this one because he was, again, Ring of Honor had just started. He, yep. you know, was booked with Ring of Honor. And let's just kind of back up. Eddie Guerrero was released from WWE at the time because he had personal issues, personal issues, perhaps, you know, some, some drug issues, which have been well documented. So he's really done a good job to clean himself up at that point. Yeah. And you know, he was a hot commodity on the independent scene. He was told by Jim Ross when they released him, clean it up, get out there. And, and if we get good reports, then we're going to, then we'll definitely bring you back. And I remember having a conversation with him afterwards with him. I think we talked about this on a prior show where he had said to me, um, something to the effect of, well, I'll be, cause we knew we were coming back in July and yeah. he's like, uh, you know, I'm going to bring Ray next yep. time. I'm thinking, who? Ray who? And he's yeah. like, Ray Mysterio. And I remember I looked at him, and I go, get the fuck out of here. And he says to yeah. me, he goes, what do you mean? No, no, I'll, I'll bring Ray Mysterio. I go, you ain't going to 
You ain't gonna. You're going be, back is what you thought. Yeah, you're yeah. not gonna have a. You're not gonna be on the independent scene in July. And again, next month wins the intercontinental title from Rob Van Dam. Yeah, and so. he, yeah, like he within a month of being on the PCW commencement of Cool show, he was back in WWF, debuting on Raw. Surprise! And su- but just what a great guy, so, humble. Oh my gosh, just like a, just a phenomenal guy. Just and the very thing, blessed to and be the able thing to is, when he him. worked with Will Damon, they didn't know each other, and he put in twenty five minutes. He he made Dan look like a million dollars and everyone always said, and, and rightfully so Kenny Omega or Mentolo should have been the guy in that match. Now think about how much the value of that tape would be if it was Kenny Omega versus Eddie Guerrero. John wanted it to be me. Yeah. And John Nguyen had put his foot down and he said, if we're going to the first, the first name who comes in has to work Will Damon or Becca Shane. And you looked at it and said, you'll have a better match with, with, uh, with, Eddie. Now, had it been Mr. Perfect or Jeff Jarrett, I would argue you would have been the better match for either one of those two. And we were supposed to get Mr. Perfect, I believe, in November. November. Reflection of Perfection. Reflection of Perfection. Yeah. And the poster, remember the old Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon? Yeah, it was going to be cut down the middle. Yeah, yeah, the old Invasion poster with half of Vince's half face, yeah. half of uh, Shane's face. It was supposed to be half of my face, half of Perfect's face. And that, Mr. Perfect, was my childhood hero. Yeah. He's the reason why I wore a singlet when I first started wrestling because I just thought Mr. Perk was awesome. If we could have pulled off that November show for PCW in that first year, we would have done Guerrero in March, LOD in July, perfect in November. Maybe Bret Hart as well, too. Yeah. If he, well, you know. Yeah, if Bret hadn't had the stroke. And what did Kurt say to us? Remember remember what he wanted to, we're getting a little off topic. So this this is a funny story. Yeah, I call Kurt, and and I've probably told this story before, but it's, it's worth telling again. So I get Kurt Henning's phone number from a promoter who used him in the States. And I, and he says, call him. He doesn't answer his phone much. And I call him on a Friday night and it rings and it rings. And I, I let it ring for 10 minutes. And finally he answers and you could tell he'd been having a good time drinking. And he's like, Hey, and I said, I'm looking for Kurt Henning. You got him. And I said, Oh, it's Mike Davidson calling from Winnipeg. And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he was having a good time. And I said, Hey Kurt, I want to book you in for a show in November. And he's like, where? And I said, Winnipeg. And he's like, Oh, He's like, oh, uh, yeah, when? November 10. Oh, I'm supposed to be buck hunting in International Falls. He's like, that's halfway. So I'm like, okay, this sounds amenable. He said, I could probably drive up. I said, <laughs> I was Even like, better. giddy. Yeah. He seems eager. He's like, yeah, I could I could drive up from International Falls and drive back down the next day. He's like, yeah. He's like, this could work. And I said, okay, can we, can we close the deal? Can I announce this? And he's like, well, don't be so fast. <laughs> I said, what? He's like, well, I'd have to, I need to know I'm going to bag a buck. And I said, what? Well, I'm hunting. Like, I'm not going to want to take a day off hunting if I haven't bagged a buck yet. I said, okay, hold it. You're not going to know until the day of if you've bagged a buck yet. Yeah. So if you don't, you're going to no show. He's like, well, I'm not going to break the hunting trip up if I haven't bagged a buck. Yeah. And I'm like, how can I advertise you? And he's like, chances of me not bagging a buck in the first three days are very low. Well, he's Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Of course he's going to bag a buck. So I, I call Andrew and I said, hey, I just talked to Kurt Henning. Okay, what? Well, he's willing to drive up. <laughs> this is great. We're gonna, we were going to announce it right then and there. But No, but hold on. I think he said to you also, I think you said to him, well, how do I know if you're not going to bag a buck? And then he, he kind of said, Mike. I'm going to bag a buck. Yeah, yeah. He was of, like, he was, what he, said, he was very reassuring. He's Mr. Perfect. That, yeah, he was very reassuring that he did <laughs> not. hilarious. He basically believed if I see a buck, I'm going to bag a buck. Yeah. 
So I call Andrew and I was like, so I talked to Kurt Anning. Okay, what did he say? He said he's he's going to be in International Falls hunting and he's willing to drive the rest of the way. So we're like, giddy. And he, I said, but he said, if he doesn't bag a buck, he's not going to show. And Andrew's like, what the f-? Andrew's like, piece of, piece of shit. Like what happens? To-? And it, basically what I was thinking, like, what if he doesn't bag a buck? And or we should probably tell people how far International Falls is. From I think there. it's a four hour drive. Is Isn't it on the, it's on the border of like Thunder it, by, uh. By, um, I think International Falls is on the Ontario-Minnesota border. I'll find it. Yeah, it's not that far of a drive. It's halfway from Minneapolis to Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, so that so that's where it was left. and that's Four what, hours, nine minutes from Yeah, there. okay, so yeah. he would be halfway. And that's what he had said. Oh, I have no problem driving from International Falls. Anyway, so that's why Kurt never came in. The reason, so I'm going to talk about commencement of cool. I'm going to, and this is actually good. This ties into the question of work rate versus angle. And the angle that we presented as best we could over the internet to create hype on a match when we didn't have regular shows leading up to it was Eddie Gar- er, Dan- Will Damon was part of MVP, which was the biggest heel act the year before. He's going to be wrestling Eddie Guerrero. So it was easy to create the angle. Will Damon's a good heel. Eddie Guerrero's a good face. People want to see that match. Now, because it was kind of the first show launching pad for PCW, what did we do from there? So we did the opening match was the perfect opener. The first thing, there was not 1,700 fans of PCW or local wrestling at this point. They came because Eddie Guerrero was on the poster. They came because Honky Tonk Man versus Brutus Beefcake was on the poster in the newspaper and everything else. And it made them say, this is as good as big league wrestling. So what do we give them first? I could give them an angle. I could give them a promo. I could send out Chris Paris to talk. I could send you out. I'm not going to have someone talk first. We had to start with great action. And I went to, I went to Mentolo and I went to Kenny Omega. And I said, guys, you are the perfect thing for the fans to see for the first time at a local wrestling show. That's as good of endorsement as I can give to people that they were the most valuable parts of our roster. And they delivered. Yep. Mentalo Omega was the best opener that we could have presented in front of 1,700 fans. And it's amazing because later that year, those guys both felt disenchanted that they didn't move up the card because they thought, oh, well, I'll tell you one of the reasons why Mentalo didn't move into that main event spot. Not because of his work, but because if he, the way that that crowd was buying our ticket was based on the promo that built the main event. It was a formula. And it worked. And... Mentolo, for everything he does well, and it's countless, he is, one, he is the most talented wrestler I probably have ever worked with. The one thing he, he does not do well is sell the match with a promo. His action sells the match. And the industry has changed in the last 21 years. But 21 years ago, if you couldn't back it with a promo, you, you probably couldn't go on top. And that's why he stayed in that Best wrestler on the, everyone knew he was the best wrestler on the roster, but without the promo, we couldn't get them to, he couldn't be the top draw. TJ Bratt could be a better draw than Mentolo at that time because he could talk them into the building. He was a perfect baby face for MVP and for you. Why did we go from there? This was a starting point of what the angle was laid out the minute I knew we were starting PCW was we're going to have to break up MVP. And should Mecca Shane become the baby face or should Playboy Will Damon? Well, the people liked Will Damon more because he was cuter, like not cuter by looks. He was like The Rock. But his promos were entertaining. 
it will be easier to pivot him to become the top babyface. And that's where that would have went. That's where it eventually went, but it would have went a lot further. And we used Guerrero to plant that seed yes. to facilitate that turn, right. which the payoff was months later at Boiling Point. Yes. So Will Damon gets made that night with Eddie Guerrero. And it's because how unselfish Eddie Guerrero was. 21 years ago, I remember on this day exactly, four days going into, I'm getting uh, the investor, John Nguyen, is coming to me saying, our advances are terrible. And I said, no, they're not. Remember I sent you that picture? And I'm showing Mike yes. Davidson a picture because I was at a of Winnipeg Ice group Hockey Game. Athletic Center entrance. And I was walking up to the Winnipeg Ice Hockey Game a few weeks ago and the entranceway, and there's this large window on top. And that's the window where we all sat there and we watched saw them just come in waves, waves yeah. and waves and waves of people coming to watch. Yeah, us. Doors opened at six o'clock show crazy. started at seven 30 and we should post this picture. Yes. It was amazing. It was, it was an amazing rush because it validated what I had said when I met with John, the investor saying local wrestling is here, but it's because the promoters love keeping it here. And it, I remember it, what much of what I said in 2001 is what I say today. Local wrestling promoters love to keep it at a manageable level for them. They never look at a bigger world. And again, anything you and I, Mike, ever did in wrestling was whenever we like would leave somewhere to go to the next thing, it was always with the idea of, hey, we know we have the team here that can yeah. make it bigger, but the guy that we're working for now, he doesn't see it. So no. we're going to try and take it to the next level and then the next level and no. then the next level. Now, when you're doing that, it's really easy if something goes wrong to say, oh, you know, Mike, you failed. Fails at every fail you failed at everything. Well, yeah, but you just kept spinning your wheels down here where you're trying to do something yeah. bigger. Think bigger is exactly. kind of what we were yeah, always you, trying you to do. you got to fail forward. I right? just gave an advice to a 23-year-old about women. And I said, you got to swing for a home run every time. If you go up there planning to bunt, you're getting to first base. If you're not swinging for a freaking home run, you are never going to get one. Who is this? It's a guy I work with. His name's Pickle. <laughs> it's the Pickle. Shout out to Pickle. Uh, yeah, I like Hashtag yeah. Pickle. So I was like, if you're not swinging for home runs, you got nothing. Um, and it's a good thing you say that. After 2010 and WFX, how could I ever do anything again? Well, I you are. Do... When you come back, we make your big return. <laughs> we say this every week. We're waiting I could for the not details. Do be... I could not do better than what we fluked into in 2010. I didn't think 2010 was going to take off. I didn't think... You just brushed me off there. You <laughs> did, yeah. w... I, I, I'm going back to tie it together. WFX in 2010, <laughs> I didn't believe Jeff had the money, and he did. And then, he, and then the CRA took it away. I didn't think he was going to move into the state studio. I didn't think the studio was going to work. There were so many things I was, I fluked into something that worked and basically it was just assembling the right roster and Liam doing the right things with it. In 2001, and what happened in 2002 is a lot of the same. I, I had made a presentation to John in August long weekend of 2001, yep. a month after I'd been fired. Yep. You told me just shoot with him straight. Tell him what it's going to take. He's got the money. He's interested. I went there and I, I had a meeting with him and I said, 400 is the ceiling at the current level. I know we can do four times that. I thought we might even be able to do more, but I knew a thousand plus was possible. But if you'd asked me on this day, 21 years ago, four days before the show, was there going to be 1500 or 1700? I would have said, we'll be lucky if we do thousand. We did way better than I thought we were going to do. Guerrero was way more over than I thought he was. Adam Honk, Knight sold 400 tickets. Honky and Adam Knight returned 398 tickets of 400 he took. It was actually 250. And he kept turning them in every week. He'd bring in a new batch <laughs> of untouched tickets. That's the best story. And he eventually settled out with two sales. I think DiCaprio was the big uh, DiCaprio mover. and Ronnie Attitude. 
And you, let me tell you about the teamwork that went into this. Well, event. there's one thing I want to mention because, and I, you know, I hate putting you over, <laughs> like I hate it because you you put yourself over so. I well. never put myself. But over. but you 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 shortchange yourself by saying you fluked into it because part of being a good leader is having the right people. Yeah, and you hired the right people to the right talent. Well, we people. we assembled the best the, local team ever to that point. So, so you we you deserve a little bit of kudos for yeah. that. And the thing is that people don't consider in two thousand one into oh two, Ryan Wood would have sold another twenty five tickets if he's on that show. We left him behind because he had been a stooge for Bobby. Vance Nevada could have Vance sold Nevada tickets. could not have sold tickets. Well, but we left him behind. We left him. We we, we, we strategically wanted, left. We left Bobby a roster. Because we could have scooped everybody and put Bobby out of business, but I wanted Bobby to look around and see that he pissed away the best team he ever had because he, he, there was his best thing he did was get to the palladium. Then right as I build it to, as the booker to very good business, he fired me because not everybody was having fun and we should release the, 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 <laughs> the, con, the, the, uh, the survey uh, survey. Yes. But Bobby J survey. The one thing I will say, like Ronnie attitude, I remember Ronnie coming to me and saying, I need a stack of posters. He, Ronnie and I went driving around and we went to confusion corner bus stop and postered it. He drove all over Winnipeg and postered on his own dime for gas on his own time. And all he wanted is he said, I, I want, my parents think this is a big deal. I want this to be as successful as it can be. And that was the attitude of you. That was definitely my attitude. That was like Tom and Andrew were really proponents of it. Everyone bought in at the exact same time. And that's why it happened. The reason why you don't see that happen in local wrestling today, nobody buys in. Danny tried it with lead with the legends of wrestling. And by the way, guys in PCW, they were exclusive to PCW. Yeah. You, you weren't only see yeah. them yeah. at PCW. And, so. and here's what exclusivity meant. I can't tell you, you can't work there, but I sure shit can tell you, you don't work here. So you, you there's the line. If you're going to go over the line, I'm going to hold you to it. And I did when Axe did Axe. it, when TJ Brad did it, uh, who else did it to me? A lot of guys just wanted to get on the big show yeah. and then they wanted to go wrestle they, for their buddy. And then the minute they'd jump over, yeah. they'd always want to jump yeah, back. That's and like it was TJ like TJ Brad because they're on the outside looking like, oh, the grass is pretty green over there. Yeah. It's like, guess what? The grass is green where you water it. Imagine this. If I decide to pull Royce over at that time because we left him yep. with Bobby, he sells 50 tickets because Guerrero's on the show. Mm -hmm. Like we could have easily got that up to 2,000 just on locals who could push the tickets. That show, I will always consider one of the brightest stars of my career. Like, do you remember having the meeting at the hotel? Yeah. Where we had Stanton, the, the guys started putting up their hands and arguing and Stanton shot them all down. This guy's a millionaire. Yeah. If you're not signing your contract, you're an idiot. I remember Wayne said, you guys would be a fool if you're not taking advantage of this. He's like, I've been doing, been around a long time and like, this you're is, never going to see this. And the yeah. funny part was Stanton was at that meeting as Bobby Stooge. <laughs> this is amazing. But we knew, we yeah, knew yeah. he was there. So, for, so Stanton was there specifically to report back to Bobby because Vance had called a few people. They didn't think that, like they knew that there was a backer. They that was the day Zach Mercury got fired too. Yeah, because right? he he looked over at <laughs> DiCaprio's contract, saw DiCaprio had a few more dollars on it. Next day, sent me an email. I was going to settle it out with Merck. What did Nguyen say though? Yeah, so I'm I'm reading the <laughs> email. The so right, like you're sitting there, Chris, yes. and I'm sitting here. That's where Andrew was sitting because that's how our office was. And so um, I get oh Zach Mercury. Or, Zach Mercury just sent an email. He's upset with his contract value because he says Donnie DiCaprio is making more than him. John said, it's simple. He's fired. I said, no, no, no. I can fix this because there's a guy who's a big ticket mover, right? Yeah. I said, no, no, I'll, I'll settle this out. And John said, hey, that's my computer. Hey, that's my chair. Get out of it. He goes into my hotmail and writes back, thank you, you're fired. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like this That guy. was John's, yeah. John's yeah. attitude yeah. was because John saw the dysfunction in local wrestling. 
much like Jeff Dick saw the dysfunction in local wrestling and said, hey, I'm a businessman. I'm willing to put a lot of money into this because these guys could be way better than what they're doing. Yeah, John offered to get guys gym memberships. Gym memberships. Yeah, yeah, he was serious like on every level. All sorts of stuff. And he, guys did not take him up on no, it. No, his whole thing was... God, I wish somebody would offer me a free gym membership. Like His whole thing was he had us looking at the value of apparel so that guys would be outfitted yeah. when they came to shows. He thought of it like a pro sport in that he didn't... One of the things he noticed with locals, and I'm not going to isolate who he griped about, but he's like, some of those guys are showing up and they they look worse than our fans. Yeah. And he was like, we got to look at track suits. We got to look at jackets. He said, I don't want any, he, he isolated one guy and he was real hard. He said, I don't want that guy on my show looking like that. I know who you're talking about. And I had to sit there and say, okay, I'll talk to him. You know? And he said like, he want, the guys had to portray themselves as better. Yeah. And it was to their own benefit. But you know how many guys, they, they bought in on new one, but by Jeff Dick, they were like, no, no. And the problem was when Jeff talked to them, he, he, they could kind of see through Jeff a little bit, but all Jeff ever wanted was them to be as successful as possible. That's why guys and the guys resisted locally yeah. because they just they don't have what it takes to get to that next level, and right? they never believe in it. Part of it is they don't believe in themselves, sure, and that's Absolutely. why they don't believe in somebody who says we're going to do better. And again, we're not saying you got to look like Bobby Lashley. No, look like you care. Something look yeah. like you're a professional, yeah. Yeah. and that's all they were like. Look at a guy like Sami Zayn. Yeah. He's a 10 out of 10 on everything, except his look. He's probably a 6 out of 10. Yeah. But he's still He's a come a long guy. way to yeah. get to 6. So, you know, if he's doing all right. You so, know what I mean? So that will be the lasting legacy of March 3rd, 2020, or 2002. And you know what? If you're going to have a show on that anniversary date, Winnipeg Pro, the rematch of Bobby Schink versus AJ Sanchez. Is that the rematch? Yep. For the title? I think so, yeah. I really hope that that show is as successful as it ought to be. And you know what? You're got, you guys are stepping into a big legacy on that date. I hope it's as big as it, as you guys hope it will be. All right. Are you ready to move on, Mike? Always. It is time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken craved delicious. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Three questions this week in the Mary Brown's mailbag. Let's get right down to it. Oh, actually, no. Let's not get down to it. I saw a picture of you at Mary Brown's once again, Mr. G's Wheeze. Yes, like... I'm I'm a regular at Mary Brown's. I went again yesterday, and I got to tell you, I mean, we're gonna post as, the picture because it's 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 crazy. It's ridiculous. As yeah. far as the chicken sandwich goes, if you've never had a Mary Brown's chicken sandwich, you need to go check it out because this chicken sandwich I got yesterday. Post the picture. I will post with the your picture. PWI shirt. It's rid- I'm not wearing a PWI shirt. <laughs> no, today. but last week you were supposed to post. I'm wearing the, the Melser shirt this week. Next week. All right. All right. But uh, no, this chicken sandwich was massive. It's like I thought. I looked in the bag. I opened up the box. And it looked like they put a bunch of chicken strips like on this bun because there was all this chicken hanging out over the bun. And I go, did they screw up my order? Took the bun off. Nope. It's just one big, massive chicken patty. Mecca-sized so, Big Mary. It's not like these like, you know, other fast food Don't joints. Say names. Of course not. <laughs> I'm not going to dignify those guys. But, you know, little tiny little burger. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, this is a giant, fresh, breaded. Real chicken because they do it right there in the oh, store. It's man. so good. All right. So good. 
All big right. Mary. That's that's a big putover. Mecca-sized putover for Mary Brown's Big Mary. That's where I'm going when I'm done with you clowns. <laughs> you right. got a Tinder hookup. Oh, maybe I'll have to do that. Well, that's what happens. Perhaps, this, perhaps this guy, if anyone wondering what this guy's phone's yeah. buzzing, it's, his Tinder's before, blowing Okay, okay, before we ask you know the Mary a good, Brown's good questions. Place to go. Take a date, Mary Brown's chicken. Before, <laughs> look at Maxwell getting over on because of the bees. Before geez. you ask the three questions, I have one question oh for you. Here we go. Hinge, Tinder, or Bumble? Which one gets you more action? Tinder. Wow. Yeah. Tinder. Quick hit and get out, eh? On the Tinder. Tin, Tinder. Followed by, hit. Hit, followed by Hinge. Bumble, quit, Bumble's the worst. Quick hit and get out. Oh, yeah, because you got to wait for them to make the first move. You're just, just Bumble like sitting a there extending 24 hours. No, like the, that, that's that's like love, man. Yeah, it's love. It's like if you're wanting just the fees. How many girlfriends do you have? We're, we're not getting into this. A lot of side on, action. We're not getting into this on the highly popular blowing up. BC show, which is doing Battery's rec- almost dead. record numbers. We're not going to talk about that. Okay, here we go. This one coming in on Facebook from Strongheart asking, where's Zach Mercury and why isn't he in the business anymore? Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's Mecca inside, Shane's folks. version of Zach Mercury firing up the like crowd. Uh, I actually reached out to Zach Mercury to get an answer on this because I'd realized he hadn't been on shows for a long time, two years. He had a surgery. He's recovering from that. He's looking for some ring time. He's planning on a comeback. Um, Going to be interesting. He adds something to a show if he puts his name to it. I would imagine he's still in, He's I know he's still in Calgary. So he was wrestling for real Canadian wrestling before his injury. I would imagine that's where he'll pop up and it'll be interesting to see. He's uh, always had a good look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a tall guy, very tall. So uh, if it, if he's going to wrestle Winnipeg, don't be surprised if he doesn't show up for Primos. And don't negotiate your pay when he comes in. <laughs> we talked spot. about him getting fired at Premier Championship Wrestling because he's looking over at the other guy's contract offer. All right, this one coming in from Mister Beautiful asking, "Who retires more, Shane Madison or Terry Funk?" Uh, it's actually a past tense question because neither guy's coming back. I don't or know. wait, is Mecca going to come back? I, I, I see Shane Madison coming back along with your, your show. Okay, so what is show it? let's talk betting odds here. If we had a betting sponsor right now, we'd be asking for the odds on the app. But it is, what are the odds higher? You're going to wrestle an, another series of matches because I don't think a one-off is a comeback. Or am I going to run a show? 100% on both. 100. I would say, I would, well, you want to say if Mike runs a show, I'm on the show? Yeah. Mike wouldn't be foolish and, enough and, to book me on and a if show. Mike, I would book you on a show in a heartbeat. <laughs> and if Mike runs one show, he's going to run more than one show. Oh. I think the odds are better on Mike running a show than me returning to the ring. Ooh, okay. Well, knowing that you had your ref gear with you in Fanistel and they had no ref and you didn't say to the promoter, hey, you I, had your tights too. I, can, you? I, I have everything. I, you always yeah. bring your gear to the show. Because because always. you did not say to the promoter, listen, I can help you out here. You just sat there well, quietly. Well, really, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't all that interested in doing that. <laughs> like, to be honest and with I'll, you. And it's probably because if Marty. And I knew they weren't totally stuck. Yeah, and your thing is if Marty Goldstein's on the show, Shane Madison isn't. But yeah. <laughs> No, but Marty's getting on. on. We, we should answer the yeah. We the, should answer the question. The question. Um, so, I would say Terry Funk. If we're retired more question, um, I did. I did stop wrestling at the end of 05 when I we did your shots for AWE. Um, I did come back in two thousand and eight, and that was because of a personal situation that happened in my life. I was going through a tough time and wrestling is always something that gave me some comfort. So I did come back and did a few shows. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Oh nine. It was Oh nine. When I came back February of Oh nine. And then I stopped wrestling again in October. Never said, Hey, I need a big retirement thing. Or I just, 
quietly went away. I didn't have any send-off or anything like that. I just stopped wrestling again. I did did one show or a few shows in 2013 with Danny, went away again, and then did another match in 2014, and that was it. So it's like... So you're prime, we all you're joke prime for a comeback. Yeah, we all well, joke about it, yeah, but in I mean, fairness... I, did, I didn't, like, say... I mean, you don't retire from wrestling. Wrestling retires from yeah. you is kind of how I look yeah. at so it, right? So in, in, in fairness to you, though, in 05, you stopped being that major influencer of you're going to be the top guy of the territory. You were the top guy in the territory till 2005. And let me tell you, anytime we tried to book around you not being on top, houses went down. Adam Knight, Chi Chi Cruz did not draw half the house that you and Chi Chi Cruz drew six months before. It's part of why I say Adam Knight was the shits. And then in 04, you with the four horsemen started to build business back up. In 05, AWE, you were, you drew, you were a big part of the larger than life house where you wrestled spider. And then like you were always an essential part of any local wrestling roster. If they could get the Mecca Shane, they were getting a lot of credibility. Then after that, for you to come back and guest for a few months or do an angle, I don't consider that a comeback in a retirement. That's, that's what happens. Like that's what, when Bret Hart came back for WrestleMania, uh, the 2010, it wasn't him coming out of retirement. We weren't getting the Bret Hart of 1997. Exactly. Shawn Michaels coming back and doing the Saudi show. We're not getting the Shawn Michaels of old. No, and he Undertaker doing one WrestleMania here and there is not the Undertaker of his of his prime. You weren't in your prime when you came back for those things. You were actually helping out a friend who's promoting, who's coming to you saying, hey, I could really use you for an angle. That's the other thing. It's never me pining to get back into the wrestling business. It's never me saying, hey, I have an idea or, hey, I want to do this. It's always somebody asking me, hey, can you please come back? Yeah. Frankly, that's basically what it is. And it's, and I get offers. I just got an offer two weeks ago mm-hmm. about a I'd whole. Finish, though. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't there. But it was like a whole <laughs> elaborate angle with different people. And, you know, I mean, honestly, like, and I didn't, I didn't think with the people involved that it would ever come to fruition It. And it's probably not going to happen, which is why I said, no problem. Well, hey, talk to this guy. And if that guy's in, maybe yeah. I would be Well, in. the commitment it would take, you're not as young as you used Here's to the be. thing. Like, I'm not the kind of guy, I'm never going to show up wrestling in track pants, wrestling in basketball shoes. You need to look the part. And that's one thing I always took seriously. And as you get older, it's harder to yep. maintain that level. And people only remember you for the last thing that you did. And I don't want the last thing that I did to be somebody saying, yeah, that's Shane Madison. He was awesome. Back back in the day, he was great when. Yeah. I don't want that. I need to come back at a higher level that I left at, and I don't know if that's possible yeah. now. I'm 45 years old. And three guys who retired more than you that have local wrestling ties, Vance Nevada, Robbie Royce, Darren Dalton. Yeah, and it's not so much a quote-unquote retirement. It's just, listen, I just stopped wrestling. My priorities changed. I'm still involved in wrestling. Yeah. I would consider myself still in the business. I honestly wonder why nobody has you involved either in the creative effort like that energy, or as an agent, someone who can say to talent, that is not what is being asked of you. This is what we need from you. Fix that promo because your eye for quality is through the roof. Well, the little things add up to the big things, yeah. right? And that's the thing is I, I, I had ideas. I have an idea in my head and I was just talking to Spider about it yesterday at the gym and we were just talking about how if I was going to come back, I'd want to wrestle with this guy, but this would have to happen because I would want to polish somebody up, get them to that next level and create that future for the local industry. That's yeah. kind of would be my whole goal. You're so. also at an age where you don't recover as fast from injuries. So I just got other stuff going on in my life, right? Yep. So there it's like go. wrestling's not a priority. There That's you go. Next question. Ask the and answer. This one coming into our Last email. Question. 
TotalBeasties at gmail.com from Marty Fleck. He asks, which team was better, Can-Am Connection or Strike Force? <laughs> <laughs> what an obscure question. Very obscure. 1987 versus 1988, I now, guess. Let's each, let's each weigh on it. Let's say it at the same time. Okay. On three. All right. One, two, three. Can-Am Connection. Oh, man. You yeah. said Can-Am too. Yeah. Why? I, I just liked them better. I just thought they had a better run. I thought they connected better with the with the crowd. Did they have like a three-month run? I thought yeah, but they're... WrestleMania three, the place goes on fire yeah. when they come out. And I thought, I remember that, and I thought that they were just better overall in the ring. My understanding is Vince had a major hard-on for Tom Zank. But Zank, yeah. but Zank found out Martel was making more money and blew a hissy fit and quit without without any negotiation. Um. Santana already had been moving down the card, not up, and he never got back to his Intercontinental run. Well, yeah, he never got back. That was his next stage after the Intercontinental run. Yeah, so how long was their title run? They won it in, they won it, did they defend Strike it? Strikeforce won the title in October of 1987. And lost, and they it, at lost it at WrestleMania 8 to Demolition. So, or, or WrestleMania 4 to Demolition. Yeah, so they, they were probably planned as transition champions, even though it was yeah. a five-month run. They already knew where they were going at Mania. Demolition is one of the best tag team champions of all time. They held it until July of 89 when the Brainbusters, who were, if you think about that, when Demolition won at WrestleMania 8 in 1988, you were probably thinking, hey, who's going to beat Demolition? Who's going to beat those guys? The Four Horsemen. Yeah. yeah. They're not even in the company for another year and a half. Yeah. Well, like, they came at the end of 88, yeah. but. Yeah, like, so I think when they put the belts on them, they knew it's going to Demolition. Because um, Demolition was getting baby the, face pops yeah, huge. The era of that tag team, though, Young Stallions, who I thought were a great underneath team, Killer Bees were finishing up, British yep. Bulldogs Islanders. were finishing up, Islanders, um, Bolsheviks, Bolsheviks were there. Like They were so loaded. Heart Remember Foundation. the Survivor Series where they had the 10 team? 1987. Yeah, 20 guys in the ring in a tag match. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's a great argument for strike force cause they won the belts, but I think the trajectory was the same of Zank stays. They still win the titles. Yeah. It all goes exactly the same. I think it goes exactly. It was the cookie same. cutter, but I think they had more money with Zank was a better looking guy than Santana, but the Latino are the Latino fans might've went to Santana that's, and that might've helped strike. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of that. And so. you know, can am like Martel Canadian, Miss Santana. I mean, I guess they yeah, say Mexican, from, but I mean, yes. New New Jersey, yeah. but yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I was a Strike Force guy. He was built from Tacula, Mexico, though. Yeah, yeah, he was. So um, I was never a Zank guy. I mean, he wasn't around long enough. And when I was that age, I was like ten years old. I, you know, someone's here and then he's gone. You just forget about. Did you him. like Zank and Pillman? Zank was an anchor for Pillman. Zank was a basically like a glorified prelim guy. Yeah, especially w when w. he was Zank and Gun. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Three questions in the Mary Brown's mailbag. You want to get yours on? Check us out on Instagram, Total B. She's <laughs> on Facebook, Total B. She's, or send us an email like Marty Fleck did, totalbshes at gmail.com. And I'm going to be coming up with the questions. I'm going to try to come up with some questions because these are softballs. Let's call it what it is. This is a softball. Do you have a question right now for next week? No. Do we always announce one? No. We it's always got to be mainstream, and it's always got to be, like, history. It can't okay. be... Well, I have something. For, I'm going to come up with something for next week, and I'm going to put people to the test. All right. It's going to be tough. You there you go. Get ready for next week when Mecca Shane drops the ball. Okay. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock? I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. 
R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Oh, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Eriks can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? <laughs>